How's everybody doing? Doing all right? Okay, good. Hey, so this is a cool weekend for us as a church. Um, I want to start by, um, we're going to pray for our Dominican Republic missions team. So our students are in Kentucky right now. They might be on the way back, but they've been down helping with the flooding all week. And then later this week, we're going to send um, this group of adults to the Dominican Republic as our second team that's gone to the DR this year. And so um, thank you guys for being a church that prays and that gives. And because of that, we get to send people on mission trips, and so I wanna start, if you bow your head and close your eyes with me, and let's um, pray over this team together. So Lord Jesus, thank you for the incredible privilege of sending people to go places in your name. And uh, we've been able to do that to a variety of places this summer and throughout the year, and um, we're really grateful for people who raise their hand and say, yes, I'll go. For a church family that says, Yes, we're with you, and we're praying and supporting you at every turn. And so we lift up this Dominican Republic team. Um, this, is a, this is a new place for us, and so I pray that you would use this group to begin building relationships that are gonna last for a long time and will result in all of us knowing you better, Lord Jesus. So we know that you go with them. You've gone before them. You promise your presence. Pray for your power. We pray for your strength, your stamina for them. We pray for our hosts who will receive them and the ministry that will be accomplished, that it, that it lifts you up, Jesus. That's the end goal of all of this, is that people from every tribe, tongue, and nation would know and worship you. So thank you for using people like us to accomplish a grand purpose like that. And we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Really excited for that team, really excited actually for what we're gonna talk about this weekend. So I wanna talk with you this weekend about baptism. And we have this event coming up in a couple of weeks on August 21st. We're gonna have a great big event with Autumn Ridge Church out at Foster Aaron's Lake. It's a combined baptism and we were, we were planning and working on that event and talking about it and thought, we haven't talked about baptism as a church together, and so I'm really excited to talk with you about baptism in particular and why we would do something crazy like put billboards up all over town and create websites and partner with another church and bring out food trucks and all that for a 30 to 40 minute window of time where we with another church celebrate baptism. So I wanna just talk with you about that today. And before I jump into that, what I wanna do is I wanna share a video testimony of two of the people who are gonna be baptized this weekend so you can just hear a little bit of their story and a little bit of their excitement about being baptized. If you'd please watch these screens. My name's Laura Menning. I'm from Rochester, Minnesota, and I'm publicly declaring that I'm all in for Jesus by being baptized. Uh, I grew up in the mainline church where I was baptized and confirmed, but the gospel message never took a hold in my life through my youth and young adult life. I was molested around five years old, and that threw off my ideas about relationships and about God. It led me to being disobedient in my college years where I was sexual with multiple partners. It led me to get entangled in different, not so ideal situations and over time led to a wake up call. After attending church on my own a few times and after starting to read the Bible, I felt convicted that what I was doing was wrong. For a while, I still had sex anyway. 
Until November 2018, a few months after I graduated from college, I answered an altar call at the church I was visiting at the time. There I felt the love of God wash over me, and since that moment, thanks to God, I have repented of sexual sin that took control over my life. I still struggle, and I still doubt, but every day is a day where I can look to Jesus and what he commands for his people, and I can try to follow the will he has for my life. I want to be baptized because it reflects that commitment I made to God, and it symbolizes the act of dying to my flesh and being born again in the Spirit. My name is Hunter Osper. I'm from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and I am publicly declaring that I am all in for Jesus by being baptized. When I was four years old, my parents got divorced. My sister and I lived with my biological dad and stepmom, and I oftentimes never felt safe. Eventually, my sister and I were able to see my mom, and I got to meet Scott. Scott loved us and took care of us, and he made sure that we were both taken care of on June 26, 2020, Scott became our dad and I officially became an Osterberg. Now I have a dad who loves me and takes care of me. A dad I have always wanted. In September of 2021, Terrence Talley, a motivational speaker, came to a summer event at a church my mom and dad were helping plan. Terrence spoke on the love of a father and a father who is proud of you. This really moved me because I never really heard my biological dad tell me he was proud of me or that he loved me much. Terrence did an altar call and my best friend and I walked up together. I told Terrence my story. I told him I was just like one of the kids in his story. I wanted to end my life daily, but I no longer felt that way anymore because I had a reason to live. So I gave my heart to Jesus that night, and I look forward to meeting him someday after a long, happy life full of fun and amazing memories. I was baptized on Easter in 2018 at a, my biological dad's church. I didn't, I did it because everyone else was doing it, and my biological dad and my stepmom seemed happy with me for once. I have come to understand why. Baptism is important, so I am excited to be rebaptized because I have committed my life to Jesus and I want everyone to know. I know for a fact that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and has come into my life and one day after many years of fun memories, I live forever with him in heaven. Let's go! I'm with Hunter, like, let's go, you know? Like, um, so, so you can see like, the, the excitement and the desire in the lives of the people who are being baptized and is kind of process through that. If you haven't spent a lot of time, you know, if you haven't been taught this, if you haven't studied it yourself in some way, I wonder what's the big deal about baptism, right? Why, why baptism it, instead of like, why aren't we giving tattoos for everybody who says that they're a Christian or bumper stickers for your car or shirts for you to wear? Why isn't it a big celebration for those sorts of things, why is, what is it about this baptism thing that is so important that churches 
all around the world, Christian people all around the world enter into this, this act, why do we do such a thing? So I want, that's really what I wanna talk with you about this weekend. And I wanna start by letting you, like this is something that deserves serious consideration from all of us. And so you know, as we think about why this is such a big deal, starts for me with the fact that Jesus was baptized. It's an interesting moment. It's at the very beginning of his ministry. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter three. John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, he had a ministry of baptizing people who were repenting from their sins and looking forward to the kingdom of God. That was what he was doing at that point. And so Jesus comes to John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, this conversation Matthew chapter three, starting in verse 13, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? So, so John got it, like he got who Jesus was. In this moment, he, he recognized John and Jesus, I don't know how much time they spent together, but they were cousins and they grew up within just a few miles of each other, so they knew each other. And John knew who Jesus was and understood who he was. And John recognizes this as Jesus walks out into the Jordan River and says to him, hey, you need to baptize me. John's like, whoa, whoa, whoa man, um, <laughs> I know who you are. And I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, hey, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus looks at John and says, hey, this has to happen. Like, this has to happen to fulfill so that everything that is right is like, so this takes place, so to fulfill all righteousness. So John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. So I've been part of a lot of baptisms as a pastor over the years, and I've never, like, I've never seen or experienced that. But I have seen and experienced people, something happens for them coming up out of that water. And what I think's going on there, this is a biblical principle to hang on to generally, but I think it applies particularly to this, this baptism thing, that that obedience always leads to blessing. For Christian people, when we obey the Lord, whether we understand those commands or not, whether we know where they're gonna take us or not, when we know that God has something in front of us that's for us to do, obedience always leads to blessing. And I think that's a moment here where we see this in Jesus's life to fulfill all righteousness. He goes down into the Jordan River and is baptized and the heavens open and God declares who he is and how he feels about him. And so Jesus was baptized and then at the end of Jesus' earthly life and ministry when he was ascended back to heaven, he looked at his followers and he commanded baptism. In Matthew chapter 28, so we read Matthew chapter three, the beginning of the book, now we're gonna read Matthew chapter 28, the end of that story that Matthew writes for us. Jesus came to his disciples and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always 
to the very end of the age. So his statement to that first group of followers who were going to go and were gonna plant the seeds for what eventually like, is bearing fruit in your faith and my faith, he looked at them and said, hey, part of this deal is in making disciples is to baptize them. And so connected to that command to the disciple makers of baptize is to the disciples, those of us who are followers of Jesus, is to be baptized. So this is, this is an important thing that's worth our consideration. So I wanna tell you like, where I'm coming from this in my and Marie's personal experience, all right? So I was raised in church. I was raised in Baptist churches. Baptist churches will baptize you at the drop of a hat. So I got baptized twice. Once when I was five, I walked the aisle, made a profession of faith in Jesus at that age, and I think what was going on for me at that point was I was, like I was starting to awaken to these things, to my parents' faith, and that was my response at that point. And because they'll baptize you at the drop of a hat, that was probably a Sunday night when I walked forward, and Wednesday night at church, I was, I was baptized. Fast forward seven and a half years, a couple weeks or a couple days before I turned 13, I had like I knew at that point that like what happened when I was five was not the kind of understanding or commitment that the Lord wanted from me. And so a couple days before I turned 13, I actually put my trust in Jesus as my savior. And then probably a day or two after I turned 13, because Baptist churches, I was baptized, and that for me was like that's my baptism. When I when I was 13, after I had trusted Jesus as my savior, that was my you know, in the words of this little event, I, I'm all in. Like, I'm, a, I'm a big yes to Jesus. So Marie's story, and I have her permission to tell you, and really it's kind of our story because I've been around for most of this. Uh, Marie was born into a Christian family as well. And um, God-honoring, Christ-loving, church-going, like I have great in-laws. So um, and they love Jesus and they love people and they do that really well. And they are Presbyterian. So Marie was baptized as a baby. And that was good for her. And it meant something to the family and it meant something to her as she began to understand what, as she grew in her faith and as she grew up in her faith. And then Marie and I got married and we moved away. I was in grad school and we were going to a Baptist church and we wanted to play on the church softball team. And to play on the church softball team, you have to be a member of the church and to be a member of the church, you have to have been baptized as a believer, not as a baby. So Marie got baptized again. After we had conversations with the pastor, we talked about where her heart was, seeking understanding. Um, so Marie got rebaptized so that we could be on the church softball team. <laughs> and we were very clear with everybody. This was not a, like, this was okay. We wanna be members of the, and, and so she got baptized and, and we played, it, we were actually, it was a pretty good softball team we were on. So, a lot of fun for us. And it was a, it was a topic of conversation for us about Neither one of us counted whatever that was to join that church so that we could be on the softball team. That was, that was just box checking and we knew that. But it continued to be a conversation for us about her baptism as a baby and is this in line with the scriptures? Is this, is this what God had for her? 
And probably eight years after that baptism to be on the softball team, we were on a mission trip in Trinidad, and as part of that mission trip, we were baptizing some people, and Marie looked at me and she said, I need to be baptized. It's like, she's, okay. She said, I've been praying about it, and the Lord has, like, the Lord has told me I need to be baptized. And so it, the funny piece for me of that story is we were at the hotel swimming pool, and on the side of the pool, we were in the three-foot area of the pool, but I'm six foot five, and it came all the way up to my chest. It's like we nearly drowned baptizing people. But that was, like, that's, that's our story. And so, so I approach this conversation with you having family that sees this differently, um, having lived in that, that difference as it relates to baptism for a lot of years as an adult and even as a pastor. So I wanna, like, I'm gonna move gently into your life. And so what I wanna do is I wanna talk with you for a little bit about baptism, about our stance, like how I see it as a person, but how we embrace it as a church. And in, like the church's view is not dependent on my view. These just line up. For us, I wanna talk with you about how we see it as a church, what baptism means, about why this is so important to Jesus. He didn't just say, hey, get a hat or put a bumper sticker on your car or a tattoo because it's more permanent, but why baptism? And then I wanna talk for a couple minutes with those of you who maybe were baptized as babies and just give you some stuff to kind of think about and then to all of us uh, to wrap it all up. So I wanna start this why baptism, one of my favorite passages in all the Bible that talks about baptism is in Romans chapter six. And I'm gonna spend a little bit of time with you there, but we gotta start with, we gotta start with the word baptize. Baptism, baptize, so here's what it really means. If you just kind of strip it away, and Jesus is talking about baptize, he talks, he's talking about to dip somebody in or immerse. And often it was in water or some kind of dye if it was fabric, but it was this idea of taking something and putting it all the way into to, to water or something else. So from that, there are a few things that, that we talk about if you're, if you're having a conversation, reading a book on baptism. The first one is about the mode of baptism, like how it happens. And so we practice as a church, generally we practice immersion, which is taking somebody and dunking them all the way other, under. Other churches, um, and particularly churches that baptize babies, they don't dunk babies all the way under the water, they sprinkle water on them, and then there's a third mode that is pouring water on people. And um, I've participated in all three. So like, I think immersion is closest to the word that Jesus used and to the, um, and to the practice, to what Jesus did. But I've also had people who were unable to get into water, and so we gladly, you know, we'll put water on them. So it's the mode of baptism when you think about immerse, dip in. More than that, I think this idea of baptize, of being immersed, it talks about the Lord's commitment to you. Because baptism has to do, it's, it's a symbol of commitment, and it's not just your commitment to him, it's his commitment to you, and so it's this, it is this, he's all in, this all the way in, like your, your sins in, not in the act of baptism, but his commitment to you, his love for you is complete, it's not partial. And his forgiveness of your sins, when you receive that from him, it's complete, it's not partial. And his faithful love towards you, his covenant towards you, is, it's like the whole thing. It's not just a little bit of a covenant, it's not part of a covenant, like it is, 
it is all the way in. And then the other piece of this immersion baptism to, to put all the way in, it also symbolizes your commitment to him. And so I love the title that our communications people have come up with for this event. It's the all-in baptism event because that's really what baptism says. It says, I'm all in. Like, I am all the way in. I am, I am in with Jesus' response to his big yes, his all-in for me. And so when we think about baptism, we're thinking about an act of going underwater, but we're also talking about his his complete and total commitment to you and your complete and total commitment to him. All right, so now let me take you to Romans chapter six, verse one through 10. I love this section because it helps us understand the, so baptism is this physical act. Like we, we see it, we hear it, we, can, we experience it, we touch it. But there's a spiritual reality behind it. And it is a symbol of a spiritual reality. And so in Romans chapter six, it, it catches, it kind of weaves those two, the spiritual and the physical together. And it does all of that in a way that actually makes your baptism a practical piece, victory for you in your spiritual life. So, so Romans chapter six starts with this question that has been raised. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? There was this idea, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church at Rome back in the first century, and there was this idea floating around that, okay, there's all this grace that God gives to his people, like there's just all this grace. When we sin, like where sin abounds, grace superabounds, so the more we sin, the more grace, and makes God looks great, right? So there's this idea floating around, so shall we go on sinning so that grace might increase? By no means, he said. And in the language that the Apostle Paul was writing and speaking in that day, in that first century, it was Koine Greek, the name of the language. This is the strongest way he could possibly say no. Like, no, like, absolutely not. 10,000 times no, no, we don't go on sinning so the grace increases. And then this is where he jumps into the baptism thing. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We therefore were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so he's beginning to talk a little bit about the spiritual reality of baptism, but in the minds of the reader, they're seeing the physical act of baptism and they're being reminded of their baptism. And so we, how do we, go on, how do we go on sinning so that grace might increase? Don't you know that when you were baptized into Christ Jesus, you were baptized into his death and you're dead to sin. So you can't live in something that you're dead to and you participate in his resurrection and so you have this, this new life that you're living. You can, let's not talk about living on in sin. And then he goes on, verse five, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. All right, so a lot of words, and he says, he says basically the same thing. There's some nuance in there, but he says basically the same thing about three times. He says, you're baptized into Christ Jesus, and you are dead to your sins, and you are now alive to God, and you are walking in a new way of life that is victory over those things that are part of who you used to be. And so it's this, like it's this triumphant statement of you are dead to sin and you are alive to God. So a couple things I wanna say, make sure we grab on to this and then kind of some of the practical realities. So the first thing that we have to say about this is water baptism, so the physical expression, does not equal baptized into Christ Jesus. That phrase he's using, baptized into Christ Jesus. It is, it is very possible for somebody to have been baptized, me, at age five, and not have been baptized into Christ Jesus because being baptized into Christ Jesus is, is a spiritual decision that I make to trust him as my savior and as my Lord. Okay, so it is very possible to participate in water baptism and not be baptized into Christ Jesus. That water baptism doesn't translate, that doesn't mean that you're automatically now baptized into Christ Jesus. The spiritual reality, baptized into Christ Jesus, the physical expression, it's water baptism. Okay, the second thing about that is you can be baptized into Christ Jesus, a believer in Jesus, and have never participated in water baptism. Those two things, do not, they do not have to go together. They, so, so they're not equal to each other, all right? So just because you've been water baptized, if you have not put your trust in Jesus, that water baptism, doesn't, it doesn't help you spiritually in any way. And you can have been a believer in Jesus for most of your life and never been water baptized. So those two things are not equal to each other, but the reality, the spiritual reality and the physical example, they're still very connected. Now the second thing that you and I need to know about this is being baptized into Christ Jesus from the biblical standpoint leads to water baptism. The New Testament which is where this baptism, this, this kind of baptism that we're talking about, is, it is described, it is explained, it is taught. The New Testament does not know a Christian person who is not baptized. And so, so those two things in the mind of the Bible are so closely related that like the New Testament, there's, there's no Christian people in the New Testament who aren't baptized. There's, there's arguments over baptism. There's some concern in 1 Corinthians about who did the baptizing, but, but every person receiving the letter that was written, if you read through Acts, when there's these mass conversions, like baptism always follows trusting Jesus as your savior. And so I think, that's, I think that's worth thinking about. If you're a person who is a follower, a believer in Jesus, but you've not been baptized yet, that the New Testament doesn't know a Christian who has not been baptized. So being baptized into Christ Jesus biblically, what follows from there leads to water baptism. All right, so let me say three things about baptism for you. So baptism, and this, is, this to me is really cool. This is where the symbolism comes in. This is why it's not a tattoo. This is why it's not a bumper sticker. It's why it's not a Christian t-shirt. So baptism, baptism looks, it looks at the past 
So baptism, as we, as we think about baptism, it looks back to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus, it, that, that standing in the water and then that immersion, whether it's you kind of squat down and somebody kind of push, puts you under, <laughs> pushes you under, that's the wrong, wrong thing. There's a lot of jokes that happen around baptisms in pastoral circles. Talk about how long we're gonna hold somebody under, if we're gonna swish them around, if we got a lot of, like, you know, all that stuff. But it doesn't matter if they lay you back, it doesn't matter if they have their hand on you while you squat down, it is still a picture of Jesus died for my sins on the cross and he was buried. And that going under the water is I am connected to him in his death and I am connected to him in his burial and he rose again and coming up out of that water is I am connected to him in his resurrection. And so there is a, there is a public declaration of I'm believing this stuff happened, it happened. Jesus did that for me on my part. There's a present reality that baptism speaks to and looks at. I am dead to sin and alive to God. And if, if the beauty of that, like the beauty of that, of coming up out of that water, I am united to Jesus in his death and I am connected to him in his resurrection and what we just read in Romans chapter six, that I, I have died to sin. Like that old, that old part of me that wants to do the stuff that was, that was my life before Jesus, that is nailed to the cross with Jesus and left in the grave. Like I am dead to that, I am dead to sin and I am now alive to God. And, and if you are struggling with something in your life and you just can't seem to get past it, your baptism speaks to the power and the victory that God gives you in your profession of faith, your conversion to Jesus. Like it, is, it is a great thing to be able to look at and say, wait a minute, sin does not have mastery over me. If we read a little farther in Romans chapter six, down in verse 14, I am no, like I am no longer a slave to that. Sin is not my boss. I am dead to sin and I am alive to God forward, baby, in my new life. And so since, like, so your baptism speaks to your present reality, and it also speaks to the future. The hope that we have, that I have, I have died to sin and I'm alive to God, also acknowledging that I am going to physically die and they're gonna put my body in a grave. And someday, because Jesus rose again from the dead and I am connected to him, not just spiritually in his resurrection, but I am connected to him and that connection is going to be very physical. Someday my body is coming up out of that grave just like Jesus did and so I get to spend eternity with Jesus alive. And so this, this baptism thing, it speaks, to, it speaks to the past and to what we believe happened and why it happened. It speaks to the present and how that event of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus gives me hope and gives me power and gives me life today and it speaks to the future. That, that as believers in Jesus, we, we are going to enjoy. And so this, this baptism, this, there's the weaving of the physical act of going under the water and coming back up and all the things that that, that, that means for you and that that declares for you. It's like, it is just, it is this amazing thing. So I was, so I've talked about this and listened to other people and, 
baptism as a symbol, right? We think about baptism as a symbol. There's all kinds of reality behind it that's, that if somebody hadn't written about us, we would, written about it for us, we wouldn't be able to, to see. So baptism, baptism is an awful like, a lot like a wedding ring. So I wear this wedding ring, I wear it almost every day, and <laughs> except for some places where I shouldn't. So you know, the places, you, like the gym, it really hurts if you hang on to stuff. But I wear this ring, I wear this ring continually. This ring does not make me married. My commitment to Marie makes me married. She wears a wedding ring. Her ring doesn't make her married. Her commitment to me and our commitment to the Lord makes us married. But this is the sign to me and to everybody else, like that I'm married, I'm a married guy. So, and so baptism is, it's like the ring. It's, it's the symbol of this greater reality. We were doing a baptism here a few months ago and, and one of our kids was being baptized. And when she was talking about it, she, she gave an illustration I hadn't heard before. I thought it was great. She said, I'm putting on Team Jesus jersey. You just, you know, I, this is my public statement that I'm on his team. And that it's, you know, his name is on the front of my life and I belong to him. Those are, those are beautiful, those are beautiful statement, expression of what, of what baptism is. So, so with all of that, with baptism, the question I think for you is, those of you, what if you were baptized as a baby? You know, what if, what if you were baptized as a baby and somebody sprinkled water on your head and what does all this mean to you? Because what you experienced as a baby, it doesn't connect, like the, the physical reality at least of all that, those, those aren't the same things. So here's what I would say about that. I just, if we could pick up the image of the wedding ring. So when Marie and I were raising our kids, we don't know if this is still a thing, but a lot of people who were raising kids with, you know, kind of in our peer group, one of the things that we did was we gave our kids, like we had conversation with them about sexual purity and we gave them purity rings. And in that purity ring, that was their promise to us as their parents, the promise to God that, that they would keep themselves pure for the spouse that God would bring to them someday. And in some ways, I think that infant baptism is, like it's kind of like that purity ring. It's something a parent does with a kid that is leading them to a place they want them to go. But there's a far cry between the purity ring and the wedding ring. The wedding ring, I put on, and it's my commitment. You just think about the jersey. I was thinking about the jersey image. What, is it, what does that mean? It's kind of like if you're, if it's a jersey, your Jesus' name might be on the front, but your mom and da- your mom and dad's name is maybe on the back instead of your name, because that, that was a decision that they made for you. So, what if you're baptized as a baby? So, so knowing our history, like, and what Marie has walked through, and the amount of time that it took, I have I have four things that I'd encourage you to think about if you're baptized as an infant. All right, this is, and I'm not. I want to push you a little bit, but I'm not shoving you on this. And Marie and I spent eight to ten years with her working through this. And it was just the Lord's timing for all of this. So the first question I would ask you, or I would say to you, the first statement I would make to you is that your infant baptism was about you becoming a person of faith. Okay, so there's, there's all, the, all the infant baptism traditions is about setting their child on the path towards a life of faith. So if, if you're thinking about this and if you get baptized as a believer, you're walking towards faith. You're not walking away from it. And so, so you're not walking away from anything that 
your parents were trying to start or instill in you. And so, so this, is, this is, I think, a, I think it's, a, it's a good or it's a permissible next step relationally. You're, you're not walking away from faith, you're actually walking towards it. So, so a couple questions to process through. You know, what, did, what did your church believe that your infant baptism was accomplishing? Different churches, different denominations, baptism means different things to them. And if you were baptized as an infant, and this is something that Jesus did and Jesus commanded, I think this deserves some time, intention, energy from you. So what did your church believe, and how does that line up with what you understand the Bible to say about these things? So again, I'm just, what I'm just gonna push you towards your own little bit of study and thinking through this. And then what did your parents believe was happening to you or for you as you were being baptized. So your church teaches something, taught something about it, and your parents were thinking something about it, and if you know, what, what did they think was going on in that moment, and how well does that line up with what you read in the Bible about baptism? And then I think the last question, this is, this is really the one that is probably the most important on these things, what, what's the Lord saying to you? about being baptized. And that's, that's why I don't want you to feel push from me on this. If you were baptized as a baby, I don't want you to feel a push from me on this. This is something that's between you and the Lord. And what I've learned over the years is if, if people who see something in the Bible differently are like soft-hearted towards the Lord and towards his word and are obedient, what happens is over time, the Lord brings all that together, and it may not look exactly the same, but it still brings us all together so we're good with other people's position. And so really what I want for you to do is if you're baptized as a baby, to think through this stuff and do it before the Lord and ask him what he's saying to you about this. Because I don't want you to get baptized because Daryl said or our church believes if the Lord's telling you to get baptized, obedience always leads to blessing. That's why I'd want you to do it. So for those of you who are baptized as a baby, for those of you who maybe have not been baptized since you became a believer in Jesus, um, this, if you haven't been baptized at all, this is a lot easier call for you to make. You have this amazing opportunity. Whether it happens on August 21st or it happens one of our future baptism dates, this is not just a push for August 21st you have an amazing opportunity to, to stand before your friends and your family and your church family and our community and publicly declare God's commitment to you. That he loves you so much he was willing to send his one and only son to die for your sins so that you could be forgiven and to rise again from the dead so that you could have life. That's the kind of commitment that God has for you. You could publicly declare God's commitment for you and you could publicly declare your commitment to him in this way that he has said, when, you are, when you're all in for me, this is how I want you to do it. I want you to go into the water and go under and come back up in the presence of all of us and, and in that declaration, what, what you have to know is there a blessing there's a blessing for you because obedience always leads to blessing. So if you wanna talk about this some more, if you have questions about it, if you're ready today, whatever, um, this is, 
The easiest way to do that, you can contact us here at the church if you have some of the other emails or stuff, but on the, on the screen, we're gonna give you, this is allinrochester.com. This is the website for this event on August 21st. If you're not ready, if you wanna talk, it's okay. What you do is you hit the, the bottom of the page, there's a button that says Christ Community Church. You click on that button. That gets you to our form to fill out, and when you fill out that form and submit it, that gets you into our pastoral queue process. We'll be in touch with you. And if you just have questions, if you'll just let us know, like, hey, I just wanna talk about this some more. Just put it on the form, one of those things. Give us your name, some contact information. We'll be glad to just talk with you about this stuff. And if you're ready, you just let, I'm ready. There'll be some questions for you to fill out, and again, we'll be in touch with you. And regardless, baptism is a beautiful celebration. It's a beautiful celebration. If you've never been part of one, you should come be part of this one. And if you can't make this one, we'll do them here. So it's it's this beautiful thing because it is the chance that we have as believers in Jesus to say, he's all in for me, I'm all in for him. And I hope that this is a good deal for you. So I wanna pray for you guys. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Father, thank you for your great love for us. You know, this conversation, that's the thing that keeps resonating for me is that you love us and you have given your son for us. We get to participate in his death and we get to participate in his resurrection. We get to have your kind of life because of Jesus. So thank you for that. And thank you that obedience leads to blessing. You are the all-powerful creator God and you could knuckle us under. And you do not. You invite and you encourage and you, and you bless when we say yes to you. And we're really grateful that every step, it's your love and it's your grace for us. Your kindness brings us to a point of repentance. And so as your people, our answer to you is yes. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for saying we could be your people. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you for declaring us to be your children. These good things come to us through Jesus. So we pray these things in his name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this weekend. It's been awesome to be with you. I hope you have a great weekend. I love you. I'll see you next weekend.